Hey everyone, welcome to another series uh, on Analytica and Tribal Impact social advocacy interviews. So today we're joined by Paola Johnson from ThoughtSpot. Uh, very warm welcome to you, Paola. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Sarah, nice to meet you both and be on the show. Thank you. And, uh, and Paola Johnson is the head of community and, and customer advocacy at ThoughtSpot. So, you know, it'd be great to introduce yourself to our audience, Paola, um, and specifically understand, you know, how you got into social media and what your journey's been over the, over the past few years. Yeah, of course. So, uh, hi, everyone. My name is Paola Johnson. Uh, as Tim mentioned, I've been at ThoughtSpot for about three years almost, uh, up in August. Uh, and I'm from Dallas, Texas, or calling in from Dallas, Texas. So uh, a little bit about my background. Um, I'm actually a proud University of Houston alumni. So I focused in marketing and management as well as in sales back in college. Um, and I guess, how did I get into where I'm at right now? So it really happened around my sophomore year. I realized that uh, a lot of my friends who had graduated prior to me were uh, having a hard time finding entry-level marketing roles. So I pivoted into sales and I think that was one of the best things I could have done. Uh, and the reason why is I actually joined one of our sales programs that was top in the nation. And along with that, I had some amazing professors that I was able to learn from, one of which uh, taught a class around personal branding. So I really attest that kind of moment to where I'm at today um, because it really helped me with not only sales, but really identifying like how important it is to build a personal brand uh, for your own personal development, um, especially since your network is really one of your biggest assets. So at that point, I started really branding myself and realized that it, it was helping me set up myself apart from my colleagues when it came to you know sales and kind of identifying new opportunities and meeting new people. Um, but I really think that that was one of a big reason why I'm in the role that I'm in right now. Uh, when I joined ThoughtSpot, I was 100% on board once I heard that their mission was to make the world a more factor-in place. Um, and along with that, the company was just uh, really around like collaborative and you know sharing success and kind of building together. And so uh, that really made for a very fun environment. Um, and so I was really excited to kind of share that with the world, uh, creating like hashtags like life at ThoughtSpot um, and really like showing how much fun that we have while we're doing what we like to do here. So it's funny enough that I was able to build relationships with people in the data and analytics in, uh, industry. And that really helped me kind of get my uh, footing in like what's important, what was the history, what were the challenges that people face. So it allowed me to build relationships with like our customers and some of the influencers in data and analytics. One of them was Cindy Housen, which is, uh, she's now our chief data strategy at, uh, at ThoughtSpot. So it was really cool to get to meet her on Twitter before she joined ThoughtSpot and get to know kind of her experience and what her take was on the market. So um, I think that kind of eventually led me to get recognized by our executive leadership team. And one of them was our CMO, Scott. Uh, so him and now my now manager, Emma, really kind of believed uh, in my potential and kind of gave me this opportunity to join the marketing team and become head of community. So uh, I really attest a lot of where I'm at today to kind of building that personal brand muscle. Um, and I mean, it's just really allowed me to connect with people from all over the world. I love meeting new uh, customers, our partners, our influencers. 
Um, and now, you know, my time at social media is a little bit different, so I'm not really selling anymore. Um, but my main focus is like to amplify our customer stories, really showcase what our teams have been working on from an innovation perspective, uh, obviously still highlight um, our internal culture. And um, now I'm just kind of learning about the vast worlds of community management and community building and also customer advocacy. So it's been a really fun adventure so far. <laughs> that's uh, that's fascinating journey that you've had actually, Paola. So did, did you start building your personal brand online before you went into the workplace then? So you started to notice that that was a way that was getting digital um, what you could, like currency really is the more yeah. networks you are the easier and that's quite interesting then yeah yeah definitely that was one of those things that um, our professor was saying like you know your personal brand not only gets you recognized by hiring managers and recruiting um, candidates but it really also helps strengthen your connection with your coworkers and um, your peers and there the, the whole focus was, if you don't have a network, you can build your own network. And that really resonated to me. I'm a first generation American and you know, my parents came here without knowing anyone in this country. So I really had to start from scratch and kind of build this network. And um, I met my, my mentor through social media. Um, he's been my mentor for the past seven years now. And uh, I just feel like I've gained a lot just from kind of building that currency, social currency that you kind of mentioned, Sarah. Yeah, and I, I think what's amazing about that, Paola, is that a lot of people underestimate how HR is using social media to find the best talent. And now that, you know, and, you know, Sarah and I create content a lot of time about, you know, about hashtags, about social media tips and tricks and stuff like that. And people put in their bio what they're passionate about in terms of their topics. And you can see the network and the content and what you stand for. And actually, you know, your LinkedIn or Twitter profiles, for example, or your Instagram it, it is a reflection of who you are. And it's great to see that you actually found your job and you found out what it was like to work at those companies and you built everything over your network you know, through social media. You wouldn't have been able to do that at all you know, with any of that network built up. So I think it's a really cool story. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great time to be alive is what I like to say. There's... Uh, no better time than today. There's so much possibilities. Like we could really create anything we want to just with what we have available to us. And social media is one of those. Yeah, because I, I, I imagine you're, sorry, go for it, sir. No, I was just going to say, we've got some folks that are saying hi already. So Cindy Housen's on. Um, Owa, I think if I said that right. So hi, Owa. Uh, Ragu, you come a lot. So welcome, Ragu. So I was just going to just recognize the people in the chat. And if you've got any questions for Paola, please just pop them in the chat because we can put them to her. Go on, Tim. Sorry. I interrupted no, you. No, it's fine. I, I, I just thought it was really cool. And I, I, would, I was really fascinated as to when you didn't have a network, how you started to build it. So did you have a, a strategy? Did you just like jump in with your passions and started like talking about it? How did you go about building that network from scratch? I love that. Uh, very helpful tip. So yeah, I think when I first started off, I connected with my professors, I connected with my uh, colleagues. Um, I'm a big believer in the follow up. So uh, at the very beginning, if I met someone, I would connect with them and kind of send them a thank you note, you know, to make myself set apart from maybe other people that they met. So I was really fortunate that our business school um, gave us so many opportunities. And like my 
sales program, they would have recruiters come in, different companies come in to speak to us. So um, I would write down, like I would have a notebook and I would write down everybody's name. I would go find them on social media. And then once LinkedIn started introducing hashtags, I started following hashtags that I was passionate about. So like diversity, Latinas in tech, um, things like that. So I really started finding the people um, that I wanted to kind of aspire to be um, and kind of started building up my network with people that I wanted to be like, um, maybe people who were kind of in my close circle. And then slowly but surely just kind of building that up as I kind of met more people, were introduced to more events. Um, as, as the more I started learning in the direction that I wanted to head towards, that also helped me kind of start following maybe new people. So that's how, maybe that's how I would recommend kind of starting from scratch is just surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like, or maybe the change that you want to inspire to influence. That's, that is a great question, Tim, because I work with a local university and a lot of their students are like, how do we start out? We don't know anyone in business. You know, how do we get going with our network? And, you know, that is, that's really good advice, Paola. So, um, there's something you said there, you know, as a first generation American, I had no network. I didn't know people. And, and so you start to build that network. But you are also very passionate about clear topics. You know, the women in tech, Latina in tech. You know, how, how do you start thinking? When did you start to think, hold on a minute, these are my, this is what I'm passionate mm -hmm. about. This is, you know, when, when did you start to build your brand and around those topics that you're passionate about? When did that sort of start to, to shake out? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a great question. I think, you know, I reflect back at where did it all start? And I think that at an early age, I recognized the situation that my parents were in and um, kind of where I wanted to go at. So I think, you know, I attest a lot of like my motivation to my parents um, and kind of just like striving for, you know, the American dream that we have here. Um, and so I think in college, I was actually a student officer for an organization on campus, and it was around the business women. So, um, I, you know, we were a very small group, and so we kind of started building that those connections in that organization, and that allowed me to connect with other people, like male allies that were really passionate in that, and also get introduced to organizations that um, saw, you know, the importance of supporting an organization like that. So I really started, like, the whole, you know, business, women, kind of in college. And then once I found myself in the world of technology, it, it kind of just started moving towards women in tech. And then once we, I was kind of in women in tech, I realized that Latinas only make 2% of people in technology. So it's a really small percentage and I wanted to be kind of a voice in that. So I started kind of gravitating towards that. And now there's just so many different um, minority groups that I'd love to support. So really big in diversity and inclusion. And I, I know Cindy's kind of watching here. So she's she's one of my go-to people here at ThoughtSpot when it comes to those type of initiatives. So it's exciting to kind of get that support from ThoughtSpot when it comes to things that we're passionate outside of work too. Yeah, and I, uh, I have a question because I, I love what you stand for. And, I, and, and Sarah and I speak to a lot of brands that um, are talking about diversity and inclusion and making sure that the sort of gender equality is at the top of their brand values. But as everyone knows, some of the brands, you know, are not living and breathing those values, but it's something that, you know, people are looking to the brands for social purpose. Um, I just wonder whether you had any advice for, it's a hard question, but any advice for how brands can, you know, live and breathe those values through social media? And, and if you had any advice to, 
heads of global social media at these big big brands you know to actually showcase those values so that you know for the younger generation coming through then they can actually you know, see that social purpose front and center of the brand yeah i think you know aside aside from supporting these type of initiatives from you know that it's the right thing to do there is a ton of value that companies can get from supporting these and i think some of it is around staying competitive uh, and to stay competitive, it's all about, you know, getting diversity of thought. So not only from different minority groups, but also just from experiences, age, industry, things like that. So I think one thing that ThoughtSpot does is um, really takes a pulse of our our employees. So, um, you know, it's something that we're continuously working on, but we do have the support from an executive level. But one of the things that we started doing is kind of breaking up uh, diversity and inclusion in sub teams. So I'm part of the volunteering and giving team at ThoughtSpot. And there's like a talent and recruiting sub team as well as like a communication sub team around diversity and inclusion. And so those are made out of employees that kind of get together and we speak about different things that we could do with different organizations um, based on our like charter, right? Um, and so along from that, one thing that we have is a, um, we have a, a brand, like an employee um, person here at ThoughtSpot. And what she does is she kind of did in the beginning, like, hey, these are all the different holidays that I'm aware of that our employees celebrate, but maybe there are some that we're not aware of. And so she kind of sent out a survey and kind of did a poll of what other holidays do people celebrate that we want to reflect in maybe our design and our social posts. So um, we just celebrated uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander month. It's just started in May. May is also mental health month. Um, last month we celebrated just a, a, a flurry of different holidays that kind of encompass our global audience. So I think that's been really amazing to see. I think recently we celebrated Ramadan and, you know, I got some messages from our customers saying like, hey, this was really great to see. I shared it and it was exciting um, to see someone like ThoughtSpot really supporting a holiday that doesn't get a lot of recognition. So I just think it's a win-win solution in my mind. You keep your employees uh, happy and, you know, feeling, um, I guess, acknowledged and celebrated. And then, you know, your customers and other people that would work with you want to work with a company that is diverse in thought. So I guess those are kind of my thoughts on, um, you know, thoughts about supporting these type of initiatives. That's fantastic because it's not just inclusive for employees. It's inclusive for customers, for partners, you know, and you're bringing, you're connecting your brand at a different level, at a more human level and making it a little bit more relatable, if you like. So, yeah, it's fascinating. I, d I wanted to ask a little bit more about your, uh, go back to your personal social media journey, actually, Paola. And what, which social platforms are you active on? Which ones are you, um, we found you on Twitter and LinkedIn. Are they your, are they your go-to ones or? are there others that you use yeah so it's funny my um in this personal branding class one thing that I was told was you know keeping maybe your social and your social work life and your social personal life a little bit separate so I have my personal LinkedIn I mean uh, personal Instagram so I like to connect with friends there um I post you know things that I'm passionate about there too um, but then I also have, you know, dedicated LinkedIn and Twitter spaces that are work related. Um, and so I make sure that I have not only just work, but also bring in my own personal kind of personality into my work life as well. 
Um, but I like having a kind of like a, a breaking ground of, you know, things that I like to include. But I, I would say Twitter and LinkedIn are definitely the top two that I'm always on. Um, you know, as I kind of, it, once I, I have like the same um, Twitter for my job as well. So I've been keeping that one going since I started at ThoughtSpot. Um, and I like Twitter in the sense that, you know, you can reach anyone. I feel like there's, it's really easy to connect with people kind of in a more authentic way than LinkedIn. It's a little bit more polished. Yeah. Um, but I do like LinkedIn just because I get to meet with people since not a lot of people are on Twitter or if they are, you know, they might be not really showcasing where they're from. Um, so I guess those are the kind of two channels that I like to use right now. Yeah, that's yeah cool. I, I wanted to ask um, because I think that it that this is a myth that a lot of people are taught. Like I spoke to a few execs uh, a couple of weeks back that said, oh no, obviously personal is completely separate from business. But then we all know that everyone wants to do business with people who are personable and who are relatable. So yeah, it would be good to understand because your, your strategy on that, because I know that you you really focus on building the online personal and your know, business brand. And you know, where do you set the boundaries you know, for in terms of what, what personal stories do you bring into your business environment? Yeah. Um, so Texas had like a winter freeze a couple months ago. And so I was documenting that whole journey to my uh, work, you know, work network, just because I think things that, things that I would say in a business meeting are things that I share on that type of channel. Um, you know, things that I keep on the other, like personal are things that are more like private in my life, like purchasing a house or getting married and things like that. Like I might share a little glimpse of that in my work life, but those are more things that I like to share with like my personal people that know me. Um, work things, I things like I support publicly. So like diversity and inclusion and, uh, maybe memes that are kind of funny related inside jokes from an industry level. Um, I think there is kind of a fine line between that, right? You want to share enough of yourself that you're still yourself and authentic on your work channels. Um, but I think there is like, I guess it depends on people's level of comfort and like what they like to share. I'm, um, you know, I like to be open and very transparent with people regardless if I know them very well but I also like to keep things kind of to myself if they're really big milestones so that's how I kind of set my boundaries is um if there's things that I would say you know in a friendly meeting then I share that on social but if it's things that are a little bit more personal to me then I keep those to my personal account yeah I think that's that's good guideline guidance I think um you know, someone once said to me, though, <clears throat> was common sense for one is not common sense for another, you know, and the way the back. So being quite clear about where you set the boundaries is, I think, quite useful probably to our audience because they some people think, well, that's OK to share that. But then they're opening themselves up to risks that perhaps they weren't aware of. And I think just knowing, you know, where where to draw the line and some people are more comfortable with it than others. And I think everybody's a bit different. So it's really good for you to share that. So thank you. Yeah, no, I, lo I loved your quote about share what you'd be comfortable sharing in a business meeting because yeah. I think that's actually the common sense because a lot of yeah. a lot of people I see people you know posting really proud photos of their of their children for example and sometimes they get really good engagement I don't personally do that I don't think it's necessarily appropriate uh, to do that for me for my journey 
but I love um, sharing things which I think are funny or something that I would bring up in small talk in a in a business meeting. So I, I, I love that quote, actually. That's probably a good sense check for me um, when I'm going to share something personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know that a lot of organizations also provide some guidelines around, you know, ways that you can. Um, so one thing I know I like to do is if I am representing ThoughtSpot, and ThoughtSpot is like on my LinkedIn or my Twitter, I do usually state something like these views are my own and not reflective of ThoughtSpot. So that also kind of allows me to kind of separate like, hey, I am my own individual speaking here, but I work at ThoughtSpot and I like to talk about ThoughtSpot. So you'll probably hear about ThoughtSpot here on my channels. <laughs> do you get do you get help and support? I mean, do you help facilitate that um, at ThoughtSpot for other employees? Is there training? Is there, you know, there, there are risks, but, you know, giving them that guidance. What, what sort of things do you have at ThoughtSpot to help you do that? Yeah, we have a super talented uh, director of communications, um, Ryan. So Ed, Edna, the lady I was talking about from an employee branding perspective, she rolls up to him and um, he's fantastic at what he does. He runs all of our social media channels. Uh, and one thing that he has done and I've partnered with him on is doing like a social media one-on-one -on -one training. Um, so it was something that I actually did when I was back in sales. Um, it was just, you know, I became kind of like the unofficial brand ambassador at ThoughtSpot uh, for a moment. And so a lot of people were asking me like, hey, how do you kind of go about this? So really breaking down like what is a hashtag? What do you mean by like adding people? You know, kind of breaking down the one-on-ones and then also providing some guidelines as to like, how do you do this? How do you scale out your kind of engagement as well? That's like a really big topic. I think a lot of people fear social media because they think, you know, it's for work, especially because they might've been consumed by it personally. And they're like, wow, now I have to add it to my work as well. And maybe there's a little hesitation there, but I think there's a lot of you know different um, technologies that allow you to kind of schedule things out, find new content. Uh, that way, you kind of stay active on social media. So we used to leverage LinkedIn Elevate. So that was one way that we would get employees to kind of engage with us. Uh, we would either suggest different things, or employees could suggest different topics or articles that they found, and then other art, uh, other employees could then share it really easily. So. There was definitely guidance. We've had training sessions recorded as well. So new employees can come in and kind of be able to read that. And I think right now we're actually building out almost like a playbook for employee uh, engagement online as well. That's brilliant. It's good, isn't it? That they support you so much with that. Mm -hmm. That's fabulous. Mm. And I, I, I'm fascinated with your role in customer advocacy because a lot of marketing principles is making the customer the hero of your content strategy. So it would be great to understand how you're building community and putting the customers at the heart of that, because that's a win-win, isn't it? When the customers are doing so well and you're highlighting what they're doing and it's driving value for them, for you as a brand. Can you talk a bit about some of the best practice you're doing in that? Yeah. Well, one thing about ThoughtSpot that's really exciting is that it's really a, um, a platform that enables anyone to be really data fluent. And I think that's really important right now. I think everyone wants access to data and they might just not be aware how to get that information. So um, one thing that I think we kind of keep in focus is when our customers are successful, we're successful, right? Um, and not only in saying like we might expand maybe ThoughtSpot's uh, 
footprint in an organization, but we've actually seen our customers kind of get promoted even from bringing in ThoughtSpot and kind of rolling it out. So I love celebrating other people's, you know, professional development. So that's just like an added plus, but what we're doing here at ThoughtSpot when it comes to customer advocacy is we are bringing in customers uh, into our different events. So allowing them to kind of be showcased and kind of highlight their stories. Um, and so we typically do that just by, you know, we are really active on Slack. And so whenever there's a good story that comes around, we kind of take note of it and jot it down in a tracker. And then whenever there is opportunities for people to come, we're able to kind of filter through, you know, who are some potential people who have shared their story before, maybe internally, maybe on social media, and then kind of tapping those those people on the shoulder whenever it is time for opportunity. So that's one way that we're building things out, but we're also now trying to um, kind of scale out our blog content. So writing like eBooks and blogs that include and highlight these kind of stories. So um, we're kind of just getting started with the momentum that we want to see. So like in the next couple months, I foresee us really cranking out a lot of content um, and really sharing these stories. But uh, to your point, Tim, it is a win-win, I think. Uh, one thing that our even our customers suggest is that in order for them to uh, get ThoughtSpot adopted in their organization, they use the testimonials of their end users uh, to get other end users to use ThoughtSpot. So it's similar to what we're trying to do as well. Hmm. On the community, right. since, since we're talking about community, um, what does community mean to you, Paola? Because I know, you know, it's, I saw on your role, you know, you've gone from a sales, you studied marketing, then you went into a sales role. It's a really smart move. Um, and then you move into community, which is not a natural role for somebody in sales to go start leading community. So what, what does that mean to you and, and your role? And does community just belong to customers or is it internal as well? Yeah, what's kind of what's exciting about ThoughtSpot is the way I see a community at ThoughtSpot is anyone who is on the same mission that we are when it comes to making the world a more fact-driven place. So we say that because we want people to have access to data in order to make better decisions. So if you are um, kind of bought into that same mission with us, then I consider you part of the ThoughtSpot community. Um, so I think, you know, anyone from a customer to our partners to maybe a data influencer uh, and even maybe people that aren't using ThoughtSpot but are really passionate about um, getting people access to data, I would consider them part of the community. Um, and so that's really how I see it at the moment. Um, there is so much more that I'm learning on uh, as I've kind of been in this role. So that's been really exciting just to see the different programs, events that you can really host to kind of get everybody together. But um, one of my favorite things in building a community is just that magic that happens whenever you get people together. And there's nothing like it. Um, just seeing people connect with each other, say, hey, I am doing something similar or um, kind of get together offline. Like those are the moments that I live for in this type of role. <laughs> Great. I feel part of your community since we're um, since I'm very data driven. So I uh, and I I feel that you're very inclusive. So um, I will I will look up more of your content and see how I can how I can contribute. Because um, I think that data is just the new currency, isn't it? I mean, that's what everyone's talking about. So everyone's and most people don't understand data. So there's a wonderful opportunity to to bring together community. I imagine. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's one thing that, um, you know, we're probably, we're leaning more towards is just really starting back in that very beginning stage. Like a lot of people don't know what type of questions am I trying to ask in my role, right? Like what metrics are important? What should I be looking at? And really starting at that very beginning is kind of the foundation that we, sh we need to be building. Um, and then kind of transitioning to what tools and technologies allow me to uh, understand data. How do I speak to data? How do I tell stories with data? All of that is kind of part of that. So I think everybody wants to be data driven. Um, and I think, you know, it, data driven means that you're driven by data, but I think it's now taking a step back and saying, how do I drive with data? How do I move the conversation with data? So that's really where we're kind of heading. And our technology does make it really easy for you to do that. But I think there's also the foundations that need to kind of be laid first for people to really utilize tools like ThoughtSpot. Yeah. And, I, and I, I loved your question, Sarah, because a lot of people talk about community. And, and I think community is coming back, isn't it, where it, it was talked about a lot, you know, maybe like seven or eight years ago. And then I think there was a there was a five year period where it was less talked about. And and I, I think it's just the personalization of content and community seems to be on everyone's lips right now when they're talking at conferences. And and so yeah, defining what it is and data and how you can build relationships is seems to be really, really hot right now in terms of your know, marketing communication trends. Yeah. Well, lots of, I mean, it's come up quite a lot on these chats, hasn't it, Tim? And then that event we attended last week, DigiConf, everyone was talking about community and influence, right? <laughs> influence. And I wanted to ask that next, actually, because you talked about, you know, um, life at ThoughtSpot, life at, um, you know, the kind of employee community and how you then maybe and customer community and customer advocacy. What about influencers? Do you do too much? Do you connect with them? Do you get you encourage your employees to start to connect with them? How does that work? Yeah, I think, you know, awareness leads to you know, eventually influence, right? So they first have to be aware of us. So I think we do a lot of events with um, kind of well-known organizations like Gartner and Forrester and Harvard Business Review, right? So kind of getting us out there first and really maybe tapping into people who, like Tim, you know, you're now part of the ThoughtSpot community without really... Well, thank, thank you very much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up and, and see how I can, uh, how I can join. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, um, you know, I think we we definitely connect with third parties that have a lot of influence in the way that people work. Um, and, you know, even people that help predict different trends that the industry is heading towards from like a data analytics side of things. Um, our employees do kind of <clears throat> are, are able to build their networks and ex maybe meet with these analysts. So we do have a lot of like events that are not even like sales related or marketing related where we're just like trying to meet new markets. So um, I think that's one of it is just kind of starting small and just getting your name out there. And then eventually you will kind of be able to amplify your message and then influence those people. But I think it all, ta it all takes you know, nurturing a relationship like anything. You can't just really expect people to know you and start advocating for you right away. It just it takes time to kind of build those relationships and build that trust. Yeah, and, and, and that's yeah. Go on, sorry, Tim. Well, I was just going to say, beyond the Gartners, Foresters, and Harvard Business Review, do you see the social media influencers 
driving a lot of the market influence where you work or is it more the organizations and the publications yeah i think a lot of people a lot of the practitioners in data and analytics are the ones that are driving the influence in my opinion um we have you know there's people that i think once you're in the weeds of you know a specific role for example community management right um it's really the people that are driving the conversations and the people that have the influence so I, you know, in my community of community managers, I look at my colleagues and see what they're doing, what challenges are they struggling. Um, maybe I can connect with one of them if it's something that I'm also working on. So I think that's how I see it for us, like really reaching out to the data and analytics organizations and kind of getting a pulse of what they're talking about, what they're excited about, uh, and then looping them in into what we're doing here at ThoughtSpot. That's something that came up as well just recently, isn't it, Tim, about agile content. So listening to what people are doing, turning that into content, you know, getting your experts part of that conversation, um, you know, creating more valuable content for your customers that then, you know, can feed the, the bigger machine, really, and serve purpose. You know, the, the one that stood in my mind is when you said, you know, for, the, for those that share our vision, mission and purpose, that I consider them to be part of our community. I, I love that phrase. I'm going to I'm going to take that one, I think, Paola. Thank you for that. Um, I've got a quick question for you. So a couple of getting down to the nitty gritty about you and being active on social. So bringing it back to that. Um, what motivates you to post on social media? Why do you keep it up? Why, what is it that you're getting back that makes you think that, you know, I'm going to just keep doing this? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what motivates me is just I'm a big believer in um, change doesn't happen by staying stagnant, you know, and I, I'm a big believer in, you know, be the change that you wish to see. Um, and so I think that kind of keeps me motivated. Um, you know, if I want to change the world and maybe I am one voice and maybe I am speaking to a void and no one's really listening on the other side, <laughs> I still feel like I'm fulfilling my duty at least to be able to kind of be a voice and share what I'm passionate about, whether that's the things I'm personally very passionate about or whether that's the things I'm really excited um, and about what we're doing here at ThoughtSpot. I think that's really what keeps me motivated to post. Um, but it's also, you know, I think part of the fun just to connect with people, um, see people's reactions. I think, um, you know, some of the things that perform the best for me are usually like really goofy things that I post that I don't think a lot of people would care about. I think a year ago, uh, we had like a social media contest of um, posting your at home, uh, work from home settings. And I posted a picture of my desk and my blue chair. I think you could see a little bit of it here. And I, I had so many po like engagements and people um, happy that I'm using a French press for my coffee and meeting other people that like to French press their coffee. So just kind of finding more ways to connect with people. I think that along with me, like trying to make incremental change are kind of the two things that I would say motivate me. Yeah, and I, I, I love your values as well. I was reading one of your blogs and I think it was apart from the uh, being authentic and and uh, showing up as yourself, it was really having the confidence in your own voice and backing who you are, but also lifting other people, you know, lifting others up and uh, you know paying it forward. And I think the combination of all of the values that you strive for is a very powerful combination for social media because 
it, it can embody everything that you are and can help you connect with the right people. So I can see that that, that powers you and that, that kind of, uh, dri I mean, everything drives each other. It like, it seems from looking at your, um, from, from all of those values. I think you had six values in your blog. That you oh, wrote about. Yeah. yeah, I did. I, um, I think, you know, one thing is, uh, one thing I realized, you know, kind of starting to build this, dream life that I wished I had was, you know, back in college, I wanted to be in marketing and I kind of said, like, what am I going to do to get to that level? Right. And um, kind of Tim, what you mentioned, like I have a thing in my um, kind of like a mantra that was said to me growing up and it's dale ganas, which translate to give it your all. Um, and I think, you know, that kind of goes back to the competitor in me. Like I am very competitive um, in the sense of I want to win, <laughs> but at the same time, I think if you gave it everything you had, at the end of the day, you can go home happy and say like, I left it on the field. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I always like to kind of keep in my mind is like, you know, even if I am like my own biggest critic at the end of the day, like if I feel like I gave it everything, then I can just be happy with that. And um, that's one of the things that I encourage other people is like, if you know you want something keep trying keep aiming for that and you know you might fail you might not get there as quick as you want to but i feel really confident that you will at least get closer than you are right now oh such good advice and i mean, and it's good that you mentioned the blog actually because i was curious perla when you d decided to start writing because a lot of it that terrifies a lot of people. I mean, just being on social media terrifies quite a lot of employees. So just, uh, but the act of going that next step and starting to share some of your thoughts, opinions, passions, when did, what, what was the journey to that? Yeah, I think, you know, being a millennial, I guess I am like a digital native. So I think, you know, there's a lot of us that share our life journey on social media. So I think it might have started a little bit there, but uh, I don't consider myself like the best when it comes to writing. And so that really was kind of like an extension of my comfort zone to kind of write something. But going back to like what motivates me and makes me passionate, I think, you know, Cindy and I worked a lot with Girls Plus Data, which brings data to middle school students and kind of gets them involved very early on. And that's not something that I had. I wasn't even aware of data and analytics until I started talking to ThoughtSpot, right? And so um, giving maybe someone else an opportunity to get exposed at an early age is something that really resonates with me and kind of my personal story. And so whenever I was asked like, hey, maybe it'd be a good idea to write like a recap as to like your experience in working with this organization, I was 100% on board. It was a chance for me to kind of highlight a really um, exciting organization that we sponsor and then also kind of give people a glimpse into like who makes what makes me me. Um, and so it, it made me excited also to be able to kind of showcase uh, being a Latina in technology as well um, and maybe giving feedback to someone who wants to be in technology or maybe feels kind of alone in technology and letting them know hey, you know, at least here at ThoughtSpot, we're aware of it and we're really working on it. And I would consider myself an ally to anyone that um, is passionate about that here as well. So um, but going back into like what scares you, <laughs> I do have a funny story to share. Um, I'm a big kind of nerd in, in a way. And one of the things I love is Marvel movies. And so I remember like more than a year ago, 
the Marvel, you know, Avengers movie was out and I was watching the movie and like halfway around the movie, I realized that one of the superpowers that someone had was kind of similar to what we do at ThoughtSpot in a way. It was like uh, taking a bunch of data and analyzing it in seconds and being able to predict like the different possibilities that could come from this data um, and kind of outlying different outliers from it, right? And uh, I remember being like, oh, I wish someone could kind of write about this. And I was like, why don't I do something like this? So I think I made a video and a blog post about it. And it, I was so scared. I think I probably recorded it maybe 20 times like i was so nervous about <laughs> recording this and kind of editing it and since you admitted it since you admitted to 20 it was maybe 40 right <laughs> i i remember being outside like after work and like the sun was like setting on me and so i was like okay like i just have to just film this and get it through right um and it performed really well i think it kind of gave people a glimpse into like who i am and maybe the create Activity that I might have and it was before I became you know in marketing it was just me being kind of just geeky about two things I liked which was like Marvel movies and thought spots so um, I think just like finding those like you know if, if, if I were a Venn diagram finding that middle ground like is this something that's like funny and kind of shows my personality yes is this something that also kind of showcases something we do where I work yes and that's great content for you to kind of create and build because there's no one like you. Uh, you are uniquely you. And so content like that can't be created by just anyone. Yeah, I, I love that we had a, someone um, <laughs> on Nigel and that was talking about InsureTech and, and he, from what he watches on TV, he, he, he links that content with the insurance industry to create content. And, and I love, I think some of the best people we've had on this show, and you've had a really good uh, example there, it just create something really interesting that you're watching a film and thinking, actually, how can I create content in a business sense? Because when you marry those two together, the only person doing it, as you said, is you in the world, yeah. which is which is amazing. I thought exactly the same example, Tim. And, and in that, I referenced a guy I used to work with at SAP who did something similar with, um, you know, he used to have a lot, it was years ago, but he had music and he used to take the lyrics of music and and put that across to you know HR and how it works it was really clever it's good stuff it also reminded me actually I did a blog post years ago about Moana and social media lessons you can learn from Moana and it's still one of my top performing because I've got kids so I, I watch a lot of kids movies but yeah and it's just it you're watching things you can turn that into content it's a great idea it's a great idea great experiment Love it, Paula. I, I'd, I'd love to, I know we're, we'll um, finish oh up soon because we're um, having such a great conversation, but we could talk for hours. But at uh, some stage, we'll have to, to wrap up. But I'd love to understand maybe some of the challenges, some of the things you found most difficult. Because on the face of it, we talked about you know, how you've found a job, you know, found one that's focused on social purpose, creates a community, relationships. It seems like you know, everything is just uh, an amazing dream that you've lived you know, for, for these years in business. I'm sure there's been some you know, tough moments on social media and some challenges. Um, could you maybe share a couple of uh, some of the challenges and how you maybe tried to overcome them? Yeah, I would say one thing is just, you know, coming out of college, not having a network, not really having that much experience was definitely something that I felt was a big challenge for the longest. 
um, you know, it almost felt like I just wanted someone to give me a shot, just, you know, believe in me and allow me to kind of grow into something. And um, I, I, you know, I have to say I'm super blessed to be at ThoughtSpot in the sense that I didn't have community experience and they really believed in just like my soft skills and my personality, right? And um, it gets me emotional thinking about it just because I've learned so much in the past like two years that I've been doing this and just learning from other people. And I think, you know, that was a big challenge for me, but just staying really resilient to like not letting it take you down just saying like, okay, that's fine. Like if this isn't the right thing for me, something will come up and just being very, um, you know, allowing yourself to, you know, kind of feel the rejection, feel that pain of rejection and not allowing it to like bog you down. I think that was like one of the things that really got to me in the very beginning. And I think just being really patient about it too. Like Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, like a career doesn't just happen in a couple years. You know, I've been out of the work, I've been out of college for about seven years now. And, um, you know, it happened a lot quicker for me, thankfully, but, um, you know, it's all about, the, the little baby work that goes in along that way and kind of getting me to a place where I was able to meet at ThoughtSpot and my brand was, you know, at the right place at the right time. So I would say that was probably my biggest challenge was just not having experience to kind of lean on. But I think, um, you know, being able to also kind of speak for yourself and advocate for yourself was like my biggest, um, the biggest thing that I did to kind of overcome that was just, having a little bit of confidence in myself, knowing that I am a hard worker and that I love to learn and kind of voicing that, I think really helped me overcome that. I think there's a lot, I'm gonna share this interview with so many people I think that I, I reckon could find this really useful. That is such honest and candid uh, feedback about the challenges. And I think there's a lot of people that face that actually. So thank you for sharing that Paola, because that's a good, that's good advice for folks. So, yeah, thank yeah. you so much, Paula. And what I've really enjoyed as well is is seeing how, because you're a digital native, how you've almost gone out and shown the world your soft skills and personality, rather than you get a CV and you look at someone and in half an hour you've got to decide whether you think they're the right fit for your organisation, and you you can't find too much apart from a few Facebook photos, which probably don't do them the most amount of justice for what career they're going to go into. So you're someone that people can discover and learn more about without actually meeting you. And then when they meet you, then they can they can obviously appreciate those skills. And I think the interesting thing is someone told me today that the sort of average CTO is uh, is mid 40s, um, maybe more more male th th than um, than female, but that will probably change over the hopefully over the coming years. So actually the digital natives, I think millennials are around about 40 now, 40, 41. So the actual really senior decision makers are going to be digital natives as well. And that's going to really change the whole direction of everything. So I I think your story is, is very, very powerful now, but also in the next 10 years, it's going to be the normal. Whereas I think you differentiate yourself a lot. You said you were the one standout person in sales, almost like the brand ambassador. I imagine in 10 years time, people will have to do what you've done yeah. to, to just get the job. Mm. And I don't know that that really stuck out for me because um, 
you know, when you speak to lots of senior decision makers who are, you know, 45 to 55, uh, they have, they're not digital natives. So they're, they're trying to get the confidence, but they are trying to understand how social networks work, you know, and that's some part of their, their challenge as well. So I know it really struck me that, that it's here and now, and brands need to really show up and be social. Otherwise, they'll miss out on employing people like you. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think one last thing I'll say is, you know, it is something that I think a lot of people are realizing it's a soft skill that they need to be developing. And it is great to have an organization that supports us, but then also like an executive team that does. Like our CEO, Sudish, is super active on Twitter and social media, and it's great to kind of have that candor with him. And um, it also allows you to connect with people that you might not. So like whenever I was an inside sales rep, I was able to connect with Sudish, you know, just being kind of that, you know, in my mind, like inside sales is the, the very bottom of the sales funnel, right? When it's just starting. And so um, I think that also just made me more emotionally connected to ThoughtSpot, knowing that our CEO knows my name. He knows, you know, the jokes that I'm posting on Twitter or sees me trying to make connections. Like all of that, I think also, you know, going back to what you said, Tim, like, it also sets you apart from everyone else because you do have kind of that channel to be seen a little bit more on social media than you are maybe in your organization um, if you feel like you're just starting off. So it is a really great opportunity to kind of get yourself more um, visible in the organization, in my opinion, when you are starting off. Yes, fabulous advice. It flattens the organization. It just, like you say, it makes it a bit more transparent, a bit more visible. You can connect to people. It's a, yeah, it's a great, and you are the perfect example of that because not only did you join a company with the passions that you had, but you have managed to grow within that company into roles that you you found interesting and they've given you that opportunity. What a brilliant story, brilliant story, Paula. I'm so. just envious that in my first you know, sort of seven to 10 years, I joined companies where I felt I just had to work there and uh, just just get a wage rather than following my passions i think if i had talked about my passions i think they would have said shut up and just get on with the job so um you know i'm i'm actually uh, pretty envious but you know i think a lot of admiration yeah. uh, as to how you built that up so congratulations thank you yeah definitely um you know find companies that share similar passions with you and it goes a long way i think yeah, but that, that's really cool. Thank you so much for joining us, Paolo. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you. Yeah, really like, good. Likewise, thank you both. It's been a, a fun topic to discuss. So excited to connect with everybody else out there who's watching us. Yes. Great. And if anyone's focused on data, then you can be part of Paola's community. Yeah. And if, you want, if you want to listen to any more interviews from Tribal and Analytica, visit our websites and under the resources section, you'll find a lot more interviews from influential employees and execs. Thank you, Paola. Thank you, Paola. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks, everyone. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.